It's the Outspoken Offender Podcast. My hope is to encourage registered citizens, former inmates, and anyone facing stereotypes and social ostracism to move beyond society's labels. Welcome to the show. All right, welcome to the podcast. This is an interesting discussion today and a very difficult conversation for a lot of people. We don't talk about this a lot. Uh, and it should be more discussed more often. Uh, we're talking about pedophilia today. And are you born with pedophilia? That is the big question. Uh, people, most scientists and researchers agree now due to Dr. James Cantor's research. He is a uh, top neuroscientist and the world's leading researcher on pedophilia. Uh, because of his research, most people, most, uh, most of his colleagues and other scientists and researchers agree that pedophilia is uh, innate, meaning you are born with that tendency. You are born with uh, pedophilia, which is uh, a sexual desire for young children. And in, in, in fact, the correct definition, I should give that to you here. Pedophilia is a disorder of sexual preference or a paraphernalia. Uh, it's that's what it's called in the DSM-5. It's characterized by sexual impulses, urges, and fantasies involving male attracted to boys or female attracted to girls, sexually immature children or children of both sexes. So now we understand what it is. Are you born with it? And I want to discuss uh, some research, uh, very, very big research done by James Cantor. This is actually the first study that distinguish the brain structural anomalies associated with pedophilia. Uh, nothing's been done like this before until now. This, this actually occurred in uh, a couple of years ago. I believe it was in 2017. So it's been out for a few years. Uh, anyway, it uh, distinguished the brain structural anomalies associated with pedophilia from those specifically associated with uh, child sexual offending and pedophilic men. Uh, and so they studied uh, Quite a few uh, men, 219 actually, recruited at four acquisition sites in Germany. Uh, they had 58 pedophiles with a history of sexual offending, 60 pedophiles without any history of sexual offending, and 101 non-pedophilic, non-offending controls to control the effects of age education level and uh, verbal IQ and some, and some other uh, details there. So that gives you a little bit of background of how many people they studied. So what are the results of this study? Well, pedophilic men had significantly less white matter, which is the uh, connective tissue that is responsible for uh, communicating between different regions of the brain. So they found a lot less white matter. Uh, they also found, this is interesting, but it's, it's, not, uh, it's not something that is like guaranteed, but three times more likely to be left-handed. Um, also, people with uh, pedophilia tend to be shorter in height. So these are the things they found in these research studies. And what's interesting, I think, is the, 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 the significantly less white matter in the brain. What I'm going to do is leave this research link in the podcast or uh, wherever you're listening to this in the description so you can go to this study that was uh, done in 2017 by Dr. James Cantor and his colleagues. I'll make sure to link that so you can uh, review if you like. Okay, so let's just say for this podcast episode that people are born with pedophilia. What happens now? What happens next? And I need to mention before we move on any further. 
When I talk about pedophilia, that is different than child molestation or child sexual offending. There's two different things. So according to Dr. James Cantor, he's saying that uh, people don't choose to have pedophilia. It's innate. It's within them when they're born. But when it comes to child molestation, of course, that's a choice. Okay, so if uh, people are born with these tendencies, what now? Do they deserve sympathy? Do they, do they deserve counseling and therapy? Is there a cure? Well, there's no cure. We can't, uh, at this point at least, maybe in a couple hundred years, but we can't take a gay man and you know do a couple uh, studies and, and poke him with a few needles and all of a sudden he's attracted to female uh, women. No, it's not going to happen. It's the same thing with people with pedophilia. Uh, we can't just change their innate desires, their sexual desires. So here's a few reasons why I think people with pedophilic disorder deserve sympathy. Well, first of all, I mean, we just talked about it. If, if it's a, not a choice and you're born with it, uh, then there needs to be some sympathy and some counseling and some therapy involved in there. The second reason is, well, it's the counseling issue again. If you're familiar with the United States and the sex offender counseling and how they do that, it's it's the reporting laws when it comes to therapists. If you say something in therapy about a past crime, you can be convicted of that crime. But there is a project in Germany. It's called Prevention Project Dunkelfeld, PPD. And it uh, provides confidential 100% confidential. Now, you, you can argue against that, but confidential treatment free of charge for individuals who have a, a partial or exclusive sexual preference uh, in terms of pedophilia or hebophilia, which we haven't discussed. That is uh, attraction to um, minors, usually 13 and 13 to 17 around there. Uh, but anyway, this project is confidential. So the reporting laws are different in Germany, I'm, I'm figuring. And uh, they've helped quite a few people with pedophilia, and it's been very successful. I wish we can get something like that in other countries and in the United States. Uh, what we do here in the United States is throw away the key, lock them up. Um, yeah, sure, they offer sex offender counseling in prison and, uh, of course, court-mandated counseling when you're on probation or parole. But again, with the uh, reporting laws, people are afraid to talk about stuff. They're afraid to open up and to understand these desires because they're afraid to get in trouble again, to get arrested, to get convicted, whatever. Um, so again, that's the Prevention Project Dunkelfeld, and I'll leave that link as well in this description of the podcast. Oh, and another organization I do want to mention is Virtuous Pedophiles, or VIRPED, V-I-R-P-E-D dot org. Uh, their website states, uh, to reduce stigma attached to pedophilia by letting people know that a substantial number of pedophiles do not molest children and to provide peer support in information about available resources to help virtuous pedophiles remain law-abiding and lead happy, productive lives. So, agree with it or not, it is out there and um, they, again, are helping a lot of people understand their desires and not to offend. That's, that's the important thing about these programs is to not molest children uh, and not to offend. So, they're getting help before they act. And that is a, a that's a key. That is the key 
one of the keys to dealing with um, this issue. This is a quote from Dr. James Cantor. As you can tell, I love quotes, but he says, people are most likely to do the most desperate things when they feel the most desperate. Unfortunately, much of the current social systems greatly increase rather than decrease these people's feelings of de desperation, end quote. That was by Dr. James Cantor. What is that? What does that remind you of? And, you know, a lot of people are going to probably argue with me on this point, but I think the sex offender registry is causing the people on the registry, like myself, more desperation, less housing opportunities, less job opportunities, a lot of public shame. And sometimes this can continue. The registry continues for life in some states. You know, you're, you're, um, uh, you know, young and made a mistake that was 30 years ago and you're still dealing with it. But my point is, is instead of um, lessening this desperation, at least in the United States, we're creating a harsher situation for people on the registry. And that increases the chance of acting out and sexual offending. So I, I don't pretend to have all the answers, okay? I'm just discussing this with you today and you can make your own mind up. You may not agree with me, that's fine. Or you may agree with me, which is fine too. But in my opinion, there needs to be more behavioral therapy, uh, private therapy like uh, in Germany that they have there at the uh, Dunkelfeld. Uh, we also need to do more research. And I, I hope Dr. James Cantor continues his research and, and his other associates and other scientists across the world to better understand pedophilia. Uh, and in my opinion, you know, if these things are put into place, then there's uh, less chance of uh, people, children getting hurt and getting molested. If we can curb the problem before people have a desire to act out, then that is going to help everybody involved. Well, since this is a short form podcast, of course, I can't get into all the details of his research and all the information about pedophilia, but uh, feel free to do your own research online and those links in the, the podcast description you can also check out. And I'd love to hear your comments. Please join the podcast. I'd love for you to share it as well. And thank you for listening. Have a great week. It's the Outspoken Offender Podcast. My hope is to encourage registered citizens, former inmates, and anyone facing stereotypes and social ostracism to move beyond society's labels. Thanks for listening to the podcast. I'm the Outspoken Offender. You can find me on YouTube and Twitter. Remember, you are not your label.